Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My name's Kat. And this is Made You Look, a podcast where we watch episodes of each other's favourite TV shows and try and work out why we actually like the things that we like. Generally by force. By force? Well, I guess we're not physically forcing another, but we're intellectually forcing another. (laughs) Intellectual forcing. (laughs) Yeah, that's a thing, right? It sounds disturbing. Okay. We're not trying to, uh, you know, have a mental battlefield, really, so to speak. More along the lines of just a bit more of an understanding into why each other watches the other shows that the other one has never got around to watching. Sure, that is a very long way around (laughs) of saying what you want to say. So this season, season six, is a hindsight season. Mm -hmm. So we are going back and re-watching some of the TV shows that we have previously made each other watch because we didn't necessarily pick the right one the first time around or there's something that we didn't quite capture or for some reason the other person didn't Didn't, catch on. Didn't really get into it. Didn't really get into it. So we're giving it another go. Yes. Um, And hopefully this time we have chosen a little better and have found a way to get the other person into the TV show. Gotta say on... Like, the third and fourth viewing of the episodes that I chose for you, I'm not sure if I picked the right episodes. Well, we'll have to see, (laughs) won't we, when we talk about it. But hopefully I think I picked the episodes that tried to help me uncover a little bit more and why I liked the episodes and the show itself. Okay, well, that's definitely an important part of this process. Yeah, we'll see. So the TV show that you got me to watch this week actually goes back to the third episode Mm -hmm. that we ever recorded. Yes, it was pretty early on. I, I think when you... Help me realise that we actually were recording a podcast with a little bit of trickery, although you thought it was very clear. There was no trickery. That was just you <laughs> not listening to the conversations we were having. Which I apologise for. And uh, it's something that I really wanted to get you to always to watch because it was something that I was really into and I thought I really liked the writing and I thought you would be really on board with the level of writing behind it. However, comedy-wise, didn't quite click with you last time. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. I think toilet humour was one of the phrases mentioned. Yeah, I'm not a fan. No, no. Anyway, the TV show is... You're the worst. I'm gonna leave... Yeah, I really like this theme song so much. Uh, and the opening titles uh, don't actually shift until the next season, but they've said the same for three seasons around. Short, nice, sweet, but um, oh, it's just a really fun song that I think embodies this horrible relationship uh, yeah, pretty sure. pretty quickly. I, it's kind of country. Yeah, a little bit. Like Which country, is, is like old just, pop. Just a little bit. Um, just spread it with the kind of tone of the show. Yeah, okay. I, I was like, why Why is this little country song here? It's not too country. It still sounds pretty um, indie pop. Mm, indie fine. old pop. Agree to disagree. All right, fine. That's fine. 
so the episodes that we're going to talk about today are season three, episode 10, mm-hmm. Talking to Me, Talking to Me. Mm-hmm. And season three, episode 11, the inherent unsullied qualitative value of anything. Yes. Of course, we've got two episodes this time because this is a TV half hour television show and it's only fair that I have to watch the same length of thing that I have made Kurt watch for next week's episode. Yes, roughly. I think you end up getting a little bit more than I do because it's around 25 minutes or so. But that's okay. It ends up it's pretty fine. even. If we if we only did one half hour episode, there wouldn't be a lot to talk about. So I'm just going to get a little bit of production history about the show itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so You're the Worst is a show that started in 2016 and has finished in 2019. Oh, so it's actually wrapped up now. Yes, it actually has wrapped up now. Uh, when we previously done this, it was, I think, uh, just in its third season uh, and it wrapped up earlier this year. Yeah, right. Yeah, at season five. It's a uh, single camera, not a multi-cam show. It's not a sitcom like Mum. I don't think I'm going to try and go back there anytime soon. If there's a good one. <laughs> I'm not against multi-cams in theory. Um, is created by the showrunner Stephen, Haw- Stephen Falk. And so he was um, a co-executive producer on Orange is the New Black. He was also producing a writer for a fair few of the episodes of Weeds. Uh, and so uh, if you've ever seen the show Weeds, I feel like you can feel a bit of the same similar vibes in terms of sometimes of comedy and awkward reality. Generally unlikable characters. <laughs> yes. They're not good people because people are flawed and not perfect. A bit more on the other side this way. Um, but uh, it stars uh, two characters, uh, one by the name of uh, Gretchen, which is played by Aya Cash, and uh, Edgar, which is played by Desmond Borges. I'm not going to get that right. Desmond Borges. 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 He's not the main character, though. No, it's Chris Greer who plays Jimmy. That's right. Yeah. That's that's Edgar. That's Good old Edgar. Edgar. Yeah, no. <laughs> that was not Jimmy. But uh, they actually, fun fact, uh, they actually cast Jimmy uh, not with a British background in mind, but because he absolutely nailed it in the audition process and their opinion, they decide to create the British backstory and write that into his character. And, of course, you've got the fourth uh, member of the ensemble being Lindsay, played by Kathy Donahue. I've really enjoyed this show since, uh, like, starting to watch it in university. Like, I think it was second. It would have been. That's so right. So, 2014, you would have been doing your... Um, RMIT. RMIT. Yes. Uh, I would have been studying here in Melbourne, my screen media course. But anyway, so I guess when I was being forced to watch a lot of sometimes boring film and TV for the sake of a film and TV course, I really enjoyed being get to laughing out a lot more loud and about issues that weren't normally covered in the kinds of things that we were being forced to watch in our university course. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So with that all in mind, I'm just going to mention a bit about the show context itself and the episode context for the ones that I selected for Jane before she watched this week's episodes. So the idea behind the show is that we have two terrible people, Gretchen, the redhead, and Jimmy, the British guy. They've decided that despite being complete cynics in regards to love, that they'll give a relationship a go with each other because they won't be, quote, as stupid as everyone else. Jimmy's housemate Edgar is dealing with PTSD after serving overseas and trying to be sober. Lindsay is also there trying to figure out what she's doing if she's even having a baby with her boring on-again, off-again husband. So recently in the episode that's been selected, Jimmy's father has died a few episodes ago while guesting on Vernon and Becca's podcast in the previous episode, which is Lindsay's sister and the reason Gretchen and Jimmy met at their wedding in the first place. He realised that he only became a writer to get back at his dad and is re-evaluating who he could be. Gretchen has come out recently to Jimmy as a sufferer of depression and started seeing a therapist but ignoring mostly everything she's saying. 
Edgar has stopped taking his meds and started using marijuana medicinally as an alternative treatment and recently started posting sketch videos of a character called Dr. Weed, but has started dating his improv teacher, Dorothy. Lindsay recently asked her husband if they could have an open relationship in attempts to please her. He agreed, but realized that she had trapped him into a loveless relationship and that she didn't even want to be a mother anymore with his baby or with him at all. Very good. Yeah, not good people. No. One of those all right. We'll talk about it. Okay. So I'm going to give both episode recaps straight after each other, and then I think we just discuss them both as a whole. The first episode is called Talking to Me, Talking to Me. Jimmy seems to have turned over a new, highly motivated leaf and is building a treehouse as a way to say goodbye to his father's negative influence. Gretchen encourages this. Gretchen, in the meantime, is enjoying therapy and tries to follow her therapist's advice to become mindful in order to get rid of her mother's judgy voice that plagues her everyday existence. Gretchen drives Lindsay to the clinic, since Lindsay has decided to end her loveless marriage and get an abortion. Lindsay is certain that she wants to do this until she gets a series of adorable texts from her husband and then meets a pro-lifer who tries to talk her out of it. Gretchen, failing at her attempts to meditate and be mindful in the car, sees Lindsay talking to the pro-lifer and reminds Lindsay that she does want to do this and that she won't be alone after she does, after she has the abortion, because it's not necessarily a family that she wants. She just needs support. So Lindsay goes in and has her abortion. Afterwards, she seems pretty nonplussed. Nonplussed? Relaxed. Chilled out. She's all right with it. Yeah, she's chill. She's fine. And Gretchen realizes that Lindsay is perfect at being in the moment and that this is sort of what contributes to her generally pretty positive attitude about things. Meanwhile, Jimmy's treehouse building has helped remove his father's voice, but he knocks over the ladder while he's trying to build and ends up stuck on the path-built platform all day. His narrative tendencies can't be held at bay, and he decides that he's going to start writing again. It's just so natural to him. At the end of the day, he looks around and sees the neighbourhood and his life in a new light. He walks into his house where Gretchen is finally having a moment of mindfulness while she watches Wheel of Fortune and reveals that he doesn't actually know why his life is the way that it is and realises that Gretchen is included in this general existential crisis that he's having. I'm going to get to Edgar's storyline at the end because it just runs over both Oh, episodes. yeah, into the next one, yep. Yeah. So the second episode that you had me watch, The Inherent Unsullied Qualitative Value of Anything. Gretchen wakes up to Jimmy doing a major cull of all of his belongings, creating a pro and con list for everything that ends up with pretty much everything. Sorry. Creating a pro and con list for all the things that pretty much ends up with all of it going in the no pile. He realises that Gretchen needs to be pro-conned also and starts assessing her on the spot, which Gretchen does not appreciate. The whole gang then go to attend an elopement party for one of Gretchen's rapper clients. The party is staffed by caterers who have dreams of opening their own restaurant and who spend the entire party doing a lot of coke. Mm. 
Gretchen tries desperately to get hold of Jimmy's pro-con notebook so that she knows what he's writing about her, and Jimmy is generally a dick about it, so Gretchen decides to do her own list, contributing petty things like the fact that he takes up too much of the bed. Lindsay is also there, and hasn't yet told her husband that she's no longer pregnant or that she's leaving him. When she discovers that she will actually end up worse off financially in this divorce, she decides that she really needs a job and networks with a stylist who decides that she really likes her and basically offers her a job on the spot. Lindsay's husband tells the stylist that Lindsay is pregnant, so Lindsay spills the beans to him and the stylist that she's not pregnant and that they're breaking up, and the stylist books it real quick, wanting to get away from all of this drama. While all of this is happening, the main rapper, um, the Sam, Sam, mm-hmm. really? Well, yeah, I mean, like he's the main client. He's like, what's his? Yeah, um, the, his uh, his his co-rappers are Shitstain and Honey Nuts. Yeah, I didn't use any of their names because I didn't like any of those <laughs> names. So I'm just gonna call them the main rapper. Um, is upset that his friend is married, and he doesn't want to break up the team. But he's also a dick. So to show his vulnerability, he disregards their matching suits and tries to kiss the bride. Mm. He gives a lovely toast, though, but the bride and groom still decide that they need to dump him as a friend. (laughs) Just before the toasts, Gretchen finally convinces Jimmy to tell her one of his cons. She thinks that they'll all be silly like hers, but he says that he cannot picture having children with her, so she counters that she fears he will never be successful. They're both stunned by these revelations, and when they leave the party, they go in their own separate cars, heading down the same road, together but alone. Oh, and during both of these episodes, Edgar has a really stupid storyline about how he gets a writing gig on a TV show because the producer saw his weed YouTube channel and liked him a lot, and his girlfriend is really upset because she's been trying to break into the industry for literally years. At the party, she gets hella drunk and upset while Edgar networks with a famous comedian who she kind of knew once. Yeah. And that's that. It's very well summarised because actually B plotline or C plotline. Yeah, there's not a lot to it. No, no, there's not. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the the episodes. So um, what were some of your general thoughts behind this in the experience this time around? Um... It's it's a very different experience to what we had last time. Yeah. The last time we we watched this TV show, you selected some episodes that were not necessarily normal episodes mm-hmm. of the TV show. They but were I, very special and very good, but it didn't feel like... Part of the everyday. Yeah. The thing is, it has, and as part of a 12-episode season, it has probably about three or four of those per season. Yeah. So it is unique to have these certain episodes that are kind of like that, but it's not uh, what, like, you know, 60 to 80% of the show is like. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, and and as I felt, I, just to kind of, just to kind of remember what we talked about last time, I had talked about how I theoretically liked those episodes, but I knew that it wasn't the way that the show always was going to be, therefore I couldn't really get into it. Mm. These episodes, I feel, are a lot more similar to what the show regularly is like. I know that the second episode is kind of stylistically a little bit different because it's kind of all one scene essentially. It, it tries to make it look like that it's all one take. 
um, it, uh, which it isn't. It kind of is between a couple of takes. It's it's not so much that it's one take, but it's all in kind of real time. Yes, yes, it's all kind of happening over one scene, over um, just a few like tw- like a fifteen to twenty minute period. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So stylistically, it was different, but content wise, it felt right. Mm-hmm. It felt like this is what the show is like. Yeah. So generally, my problem with this show in general is that they're just so fucking unlikable. Yeah, and I you really, really don't like these terrible people. I just, I really struggle to understand people who are selfish to this very deep level. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, it's not that I know there aren't people like that out there. It's just that I can't spend time with people so much who are like that. I mean, I can, but. I don't necessarily understand why any of these people are friends with each other. Given how it seems how terrible they are to each other. Yeah, like, they don't seem to have really, like, close bonds to each other. They don't... I don't see the relationship ties as being that special Mm. or that intimate. And so I think that that is sort of what is always missing for me when I watch this show is that I really, to me, of relationship between two characters is the most important thing in a TV show, and I'd never buy the relationships in these shows. They always seem almost like, what, superficial to you? Yeah, they seem really superficial, and and everybody is being selfish, therefore nobody can have a strong relationship with another person because they're not, you know, giving... of the other person. They're not giving anything to the other person ever. And and I'm not saying that that's not an interesting kind of dynamic to explore because I do think that there there is an interesting dynamic there to explore about how really a lot of what we do in relationships is making sure we get something back out of it. But I don't find that really fun to watch. The thing is I view this show as, you know, like a little bit super real, not quite so hyper-realised, um, but it's an exaggerated, like, it's an exaggerated form of certain personas and certain types of people and certain types of behaviors that are manifesting throughout these characters. I don't view these characters as entirely realistic. No, of course not. Um, and so I don't. And a character shouldn't always be entirely no, yes, realistic. No, yes, because that what... could be really boring. Yeah, that's not necessarily what drama is about or what TV or entertainment or anything is about. But what I like about this show is that it, how it sh- shows this, like, games that Gretchen and Jimmy are constantly playing with each other throughout their relationship. And initially in the first few seasons, you kind of think they're just doing it to distract themselves from being in a relationship so they can still feel single, still have fun, still feel like they have the power. And then they're not actually compromising anything by deciding to be with each other because they just don't want to be alone. But they're constantly manipulating each other and thinking that it's okay and getting hurt and then coming back to each other and manipulating each other and getting hurt and think it's okay, but it's not. And then it's this vicious cycle. And I don't actually want Jimmy and Gretchen to end up together, which is why like watching season five has been a bit of an interesting experience for me because they're essentially planning their wedding. Ew. Ew. Why? 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 Sorry. (laughs) Why are these people together? Why? I can't fathom it like uh, you'd have to watch more of the show i don't actually want them to be together i don't think they they are good for each other and when she is with someone who is actually good for her she doesn't end up staying with him and she chooses jimmy over him 
Uh, look, I know I don't agree either. And this episode itself doesn't actually put Jimmy in a positive light. It's very frustrating the oh fact that God. he's almost looking at her like an object as something to just be cut out of his life, which is... And then why she counteracts with him. This is horrible. You can't do this. So just, I'm going to do it back to you. And that's not what you should do in terms of reaction. But it's completely fair in her, like, a way of being pissed at him because she should be. But how heartbroken she was when he said what he said to her. And then she immediately was like, okay, well, I'll just react in the most hurtful way I can to him on the spot. And then hearing the final um, toast after they've been married from uh, the lead rapper it, you know, just emphasized the point of, you know, despite how fast this relationship has gone together, that the older they get, the closer they'll grow together. And they'll, as they get to know each other better. And as these people have gotten to know each other better, they've only gotten better at playing games with each other and hating each other. Yeah. I don't understand why this is fun to watch. I, I think I enjoy it because it makes me feel better about my own mistakes. <laughs> So sometimes we have like toxic, vicious cycles that we kind of put ourselves through or, or certain relationships that don't end up working out, or we might go back to a certain dating app again and again and expecting a different result. But it's just it's something about the way that these people play off each other. Even though I don't like these people, I enjoy the way they talk. I enjoy the blunt, abrasive nature they just are with each other a lot of the time instead of, like, filtering constantly what they're saying. I know... Yeah, I kind of like that as well. I do like how honest they are with each other mm. because I think that's how everybody should always be with everybody all the time. And at certain points of their relationship, it seems like that they're working almost perfectly in tandem because they're just being so openly honest with each other about what they actually want or what they don't want mm. and trying to, like, just be ships in the night passing alongside each other, apparently diverging through a different route and then coming back and doing their own thing and making it work for them without being too concerned about what a proper relationship is meant to feel like. But then... Yeah, I don't know. I think it's the the relationship stuff is pretty much filtered into the second episode, so I think we're mostly focusing on that for now. Mm. I have other thoughts about the first episode that I will get into. Okay. Um, but the... I'm not actually against somebody doing a pro-con list about whether or not they should be with someone. No. That that in itself is fine by me because I like a pro-con list for literally <laughs> anything and everything. I, I think suck it's a, at making them. I think it's a great way. I mean, I don't think you need to, like, literally write it down. But oh, okay. I do think it's important to, like, really, you know, consider whether or not the, a relationship that you're in is good for you. A proper objective evaluation. A proper objective evaluation of anything, I think, is a really positive thing to do. But do it in your own time and don't stand there and stare at your girlfriend and let her know that you're appraising her as an object like mm. you've just done to everything else around. Like, that's what is upsetting. It's not actually that, you know, he needs to decide whether or not this person belongs in his life. He has every right to, to decide whether or not he wants to be with somebody and to evaluate that in whatever way he needs. I'm all about that. But the way he goes about it is just, you couldn't be more dickish about it. And I think that's what really bugs me about these characters in general is that, like, I don't disagree with a lot of their thoughts. I agree with them being cynical about relationships. And I agree with, like, I don't know, everything. I agree with them. I feel like I'm very, I, I feel them a lot. 
Is it just the presentation of it and how they actually interact with each other? The candor is quite off. It's just that they're dicks about it. <laughs> like, no need to use big words. They're just dicks. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just I think that they like they're openly mean to each other about things mm. when they could just say like, "Hey, I didn't appreciate what you just did." And I get it. The point is that they're like they don't communicate that well. Yeah. And it's actually quite interesting in terms of the fact that I think the moments when they're most mean to each other is sometimes when they're actually lying about how they're feeling. They're probably like masking this feeling with another new fad or something they're discovering this week, like mindfulness or reevaluating my entire life. Or do I even want to go down this career path anymore? So what should my life look like? Everything mm. else around it. Is that actually about him, uh, you know, viewing her as an object or is it about him being on his own path? Yes, I think the way it was presented, it just made him seem like a total dick and you shouldn't really be behind Jimmy at all. Yeah, I'm just like... <laughs> but the thing is, I, I think I realise the moments at which the communication breaks down for them is definitely when they're actually not being honest with each other, but they're trying to seem hurtfully honest or brutally honest almost to play but, games back at each other. But do you not think that... Do you think that when they say that mean comment to one another, you know, when he says, I can't picture having kids with her, oh, yeah. and she says, I'm afraid you'll never be successful... Do you think that they're honest or do you think that's designed to hurt? That I think it's definitely designed to hurt. Right. But I think that it's also honest. And so I think that's the first time that she heard him say something hurtful that wasn't like a, a little jab or a fun, quirky thing of how he kind of is or how she might be back towards him. It wasn't like a funny, cruel, ha-ha. There was a seemingly cruel, but to a way that, was not a little joke. It was actually genuinely what he thought. So she just had to react in a way. And I think on her side, it might actually be a lie. I think she was just actually saying something just because she wants to say something that doesn't sound pity, like taking up too much space on the bed Yeah. Um, back towards him. Gretchen is definitely more, I guess, in touch with her feelings, even though Jimmy claims that he is in touch with his feelings. It's He is not a good human being at all. And nor is Lindsay for doing a lot of the other things, which is a different discussion, I suppose. Yeah, Lindsay's a different discussion. I need to talk about her. Yeah. But the, the main focus of the show is the relationship. And the, it's tricky for me because I also genuinely don't care about romantic relationships unless I can see that they're good. Mm. You know, I, my, my least favourite thing is watching a TV show where there's, like, relationships between people that just inherently don't work but they're together because they're hot or they're together because the writers have decided that they should be or whatever, anything like that. And so the only time I really enjoy a relationship is when it is, you know, a positive relationship when they complement each other. Like, not compliment and like, say nice things. But <laughs> yeah, when no, they, yeah, they're complementary to each other. When they're complementary to each other and or, or they make each other happy or something like that. I'm just not really interested in watching relationships where people tear each other apart all the time. The thing is, it's not all the time. And the, I guess, like, I sometimes struggle with seeing relationships in shows where things work a good percentage of the time because I don't see them as... I guess, relatable. I'm not sure. I mean, like, I know that those relationships would still have their problems and there's still drama based around them. Otherwise, the show wouldn't have their relationship happening in the first place. There well, still needs to be some small amount of drama. And that is a frustrating element that's generally a part of TV shows. But even in those relationships where things seem to work a good 80 to 90% of the time in their relationship, I very much, while I enjoy seeing two people together and I don't want them to break up, 
I don't actually relate to those characters very well because I like to see my relationships more flawed, sometimes more than my characters, because it's hard enough being a character who is flawed, let alone trying to make a relationship work with another person who is flawed. So I think the levels of flaws are... Levels of flaws? I'm talking levels about the, the levels of flaws. <laughs> the floor level. Which, which story are we on? The second story? <laughs> I think we're in the basement, actually. We're in the basement. Yeah, yeah that sounds yeah, about yeah. right. Um, it's just I, I, I enjoy seeing how complex it is and difficult for couples to try and make a relationship work and the struggles that go between that and the compatibility between that because I don't think that you know, some people are just going to make it work or some people just aren't going to make it work. Or if you all just work really hard at one relationship, any relationship would work if you just both put in the time and commitment. I, I don't believe in necessarily any of those as one particular path behind it, but I enjoy seeing where it's just a real struggle between the relationship. I just feel like if it's that hard, it's not you shouldn't stay together it's not meant to happen like if you are people who are willing and able to say these things to each other and mean them or say them when you don't mean them because you are deliberately trying to hurt them like it's not worth it again i still do view this as an exaggeration but i guess i do see your point in terms of it doesn't seem like healthy at all it doesn't seem healthy and and i i just I think maybe it's just a personal preference. I don't want to watch people tearing each other apart. Mm. It's painful. Too much of that happens in the real world. Like I enjoy when it happens with jokes on television, but not in real life, I suppose. But, I mean, I've been exposed to certain things that remind me of previous relationships. Not in a, like, this is the kind of way we were to each other, but in a, just a smaller, much, much, much smaller scale in terms of when someone would not really say what they're trying to say and mask their feelings through a different deflection or talking about a different object or a body image thing or... I think Gosh, this sounds like I, I've not had a healthy uh, go relationship life in my history, does it? I mean, I, f- I feel like that's perhaps where, like, what this show is designed to do. It's designed to reflect people's negative relationships back at them. But it seems to me that the purpose of that should be to point out the relationships that shouldn't continue. Mm. Like, that, that would be... From my viewpoint, if I were wanting to present that, it would be to show that this is a relationship that, you know, if this is a situation you're in, get out. Yeah. But that's not what this show wants to say. It wants to say, you know, well, if people are bad, they might as well be bad together. Mm. That That's not right. <laughs> That's not what we should be trying to tell people. No. And I mean, the show does have a lot of upturns in terms of how they do start trying to treat each other, but then they fail again. And I guess when you keep failing, it's not saying, just give it another shot, just give it another shot, just give it another shot. Yeah. And and also, where's the character progression in that? Mm. Where's Where's the growth? I do want some growth in my TV shows. And yeah, I guess like it is a frustrating aspect of the show, the fact that the two central characters have the least amount of growth, whereas the two supporting characters go through the most amount of story arcs over the few over the seasons. And yeah, the I mean the the I mean, I don't enjoy an on again, off again relationship at the best of times, let alone when it's literally the focus of the entire show. Mm. Like that just frustrates me. Like you can't on again, off again <laughs> never works out. There's a reason you kept going off. So just like Stop. 
I could mention something in regards to a certain TV show by the name of Veronica Mars that's coming back uh, in the soon. Yes. Or is recently back. Yes. I would argue that when they finally, like, actually get together, it's like six years later and it was like 10 years later and they have grown as human beings and it is now no longer a, you know, really unhealthy situation. I think that was unfair of me to bring that up no, into no, the conversation. It's, it's not unfair of you to bring up at all because I, I agree that for a lot of the time, it's, I got really frustrated with that relationship oh, yeah. between Veronica and Logan, particularly in the third season, because they kept being on again and off again, mm-hmm. and they kept having the same problems. And I was like, guys, just stop <laughs> it. I couldn't, I didn't like it at that point. It was genuinely confusing in season three when they were together or not together. Oh my God, it was so dumb. They kept, they kept getting together and breaking up and getting together and breaking up. And that was awful. And I hated it then. Fully admit, I did not like them being together at that time because they weren't written as a relationship that functioned. So why did we keep doing it? It's not until, you know, they they did the movie and we see that actually they do work in this new situation where they've both grown and changed as people. And I know what they're going to do with a new series and I think it's really interesting what they're going to do with a new series. Oh, I don't. I read an interview about it, which is about where where the trouble in their relationship is going to lie is not where it has previously existed, but it's going to kind of be a new thing. Not not necessarily new, but basically it was, you know, it's it's going to be more that Logan has grown and changed as a character and is now really like communicative and like in touch with his emotions and not like horrifically violent. And so like Veronica might be the one who has been Veronica's the one who's got the problems Ah. and doesn't you know, know how to be in this relationship. So I think that's interesting because they're showing a relationship that has grown and changed and characters that have grown and changed and the conflict is different now. Mm. If there is conflict, I don't know how much there's going to be. But, <laughs> you know, I and that's I think that's what is interesting to me is watching people grow and change and move. If they're moving in and out of each other because they're changing as people, then that's way more interesting. These guys just seem you to You don't like, like seeing them take the same few steps forward and then steps back. Yeah, they just seem to butt up against each other all the time. Mm. I mean, and I don't... I haven't watched this start to finish, so no. maybe I'm being unfair and maybe I'm not giving it a fair shake, but it just seems every time I have watched this show, it's been... They're mean, they're mean, they're mean, they're bigger. They know they can't be together. They know it's not going to work, but they keep doing it anyway. I think it's it's it says something, like, romantically and sometimes just stupidly human, or at least that we've taken on romantically as human, of the effort of trying. It doesn't matter. No, it does matter, the thing is, but... I really, whenever I've seen a lot of sci-fi shows that talk about humanity or aliens viewing them just as ants or other things like that, just like, yes, they, you know, screw up a lot, but they try. It's really sweet that they actually try to love or they try to better themselves, even if they fail. And I've been in a few relationships where sometimes you just try at it for longer than you need to and cause each other more pain. And I'm not saying this is a good thing. And I'm really genuinely hoping they don't end up together at the end of season five because I haven't finished at this point because I'm worried they are going to end up together. (laughs) And I would really like for a show that I enjoy the comedic writing on and the jokes between each other really fun. Uh, I would like for them to overall, with all these wonderful story arcs they've given their secondary characters, give their first characters like some real growth that's constant by the Mm. end of the series. But I think that the thing that draws me in is 
I just find it so endearing of each of them to continually try because you see from both sides that they're not trying to be malice towards each other really when it deep down comes to it. But on the surface, that means we're constantly seeing them not be happy with each other. Yeah. And I think that there's, and again, this is just a personal preference, but like to me, a lot of the time, um, intentionality doesn't really matter. Mm. It doesn't matter whether you're intending to hurt somebody or, or you're intending to do the right thing. At the end of the day, if someone ends up hurt, you need to take responsibility for that and decide whether or not you can continue to behave in the way that you are behaving. It doesn't matter if you mean well, you've got to actually make the adjustment. To be honest, I think I actually um, react to this show differently after my previous relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just because I think, like, I guess I've grown or I've tried or I've... Not to say my last relationship was anything like this at all. We did not talk to each other in this kind of way. But I think that it's just genuinely made me feel more frustrated with their situation than I had been in the past. Whereas yeah. in the past, I just saw it as more fun banter. I didn't really see the... Damage? No, I saw the damage, <laughs> but I, I just didn't think it was... Yeah, I, I, it wasn't the intention, so I just really didn't care about it. But ultimately, I guess the intention doesn't really matter when the end result is still so harmful. Yeah, I guess that's that's just generally how I feel about my about life in general and also how I want to view my media. It's it's that kind of thing where when I'm watching like The 100, The mm. 100, which is back on this season, which is why it's coming to mind. But they keep talking about, you know, this time we'll do better, this time we'll try harder, this time we won't burn the earth to the ground. This time we won't kill a bunch of people just to have more resources. Exactly. And I just keep sitting here being like, guys, you clearly are not the good guys in this situation or, you know what, it you, you're not succeeding. You need to change something that you're doing because you keep running up against the same fucking thing. Mm. You keep choosing yourselves over other people, even if there are more than more of them, you keep doing the same things again and again and again. And you keep saying we did what we had to do or we did what we thought was best. It's like, clearly you're not the person to make that decision. Clearly you can't, you can't be objective about this. So maybe just stop like that, that, that kind of yeah repetitive storyline just generally I find frustrating. Yeah. And so I guess while I really enjoyed the way that the, um, uh, why they introduced the beginning of season five with the two couple finally being together, I'm saying with air quotes because I'm not too thrilled about it is that they started like a kind of romantic love story of two people that we had no idea who they were, but the voiceovers were Jimmy and Gretchen, but they were played by completely different people and it's a completely different story. As it turns out, they had been telling a different love story at every single wedding planner's place they'd been to just so they could drink more champagne. And then they not even use that wedding planner in the first place, but they had just had fun like playing this game with each other. Yeah. But I was seeing it in a way that like they they changed from the other actors to each other towards the end of the story. And I just enjoyed the filmmaker's way of putting forth a subtle notion of these two actually don't like their own love story. They don't even have faith in their own love story. It's not just a matter of playing pretend. They genuinely would rather be telling a different story than their own. And I really hope that's actually a 
talks more about what happens in the entire relationship between the two of them. I, I kind of feel like I, I probably should have finished it before we got to this, but it, it only finished probably, I think, about a month or two ago. Okay. Uh, pretty recently. And um, I, I just, you know, have you ever had that feeling where you haven't finished a TV show just because you're worried of how it's going to end after there's no more or you won't be satisfied or you don't want to ha not have it to go to? You know that I am the queen of not watching TV <laughs> shows to the very end, either because I don't want to, I don't want to see the ending, I'd rather live in my own head about it, or I never want it to end. I'm very bad at that. It took me a very long time to finish a couple shows. I think I do it more with books than I do with TV shows, actually. Yeah, right. But this is one of the TV shows that I've done it with. You are a completist, generally. You like yes. to, you know, if you're going to do a rewatch, you will watch every single episode. Yes. Whereas I will just watch the episodes that I like. Or if I'm going to start a show, I will not even continue on from an episode that you've given me, but start it from the very beginning exactly, because exactly. I want to have the full context. Uh, speaking of, I actually went back and started at the beginning of Pretty Little Liars just the other day. Oh my god! <laughs> and I just got uh, up to the episode after the episode you gave me in season one. I give you season one. Yeah, I was surprised it was a season one episode. I can't even remember what we spoke about. It was the episode uh, after she had been hit by the car and the other one came out to their parents. Oh yeah! Okay, yeah. sure. And we had the hallucination of um, Alison. I mean, that happens. A lot. That happens a lot. <laughs> but okay. anyway, anyway, uh, just in terms of our completionist little history and yes, personality yes. traits there. So what about the other storyline, the other relationship between Lindsay and Gretchen? So the relationship between Lindsay and Gretchen, I generally enjoy more in this TV show. Mm. I mean, you know me, I'm a sucker for a, a gal pal friendship. Yes, you are. But not just that. Like, I do find them really, I find their dynamic interesting. And I like that they generally support each other through the things that they're actually going through. I think that that's just generally lovelier. And it's nice to see that two people who are inherently selfish can have these moments where they're not selfish. Yeah. And I think that's what I enjoy more. I, I like to see that you can't, you're not just all one thing. When it comes down to it, these these shows this show probably has about kind of like three four episode story arcs mm -hmm. like the episodes do very much rely on the previous episode it doesn't all get wrapped up by the end of one a yeah. basic storyline does but it is very quickly more of not a, a whole season length story arc because things will change but probably a three or four episode story arc between the supporting characters and the central well yeah because this is these episodes pretty much run on directly from the last ones that we watched and and this is kind of the conclusion, I think, of the Lindsay pregnant story, Lindsay pregnant yes. storyline, yes. which is kind of nice to see that how that kind of played through, and and I think it ended in a really, like, in the right place for that character, uh, which is good. Like, you know, she came to a realization, she made the she made the decision, she did the thing that she needed to do, she had the abortion, she eventually told her husband that she was leaving him. And I don't know how that's all going to work out in the end, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. This this storyline came to its logical conclusion as far as I'm concerned, and I think that that was really good. My general problem, and I think we talked about this at length last time, but I don't really remember, so I do apologize if you've just listened to the first one and I'm going to repeat myself, <laughs> but I really, really get upset at the way that they portray Lindsay. Mm. get really upset about it because I talk all the time about how fat she is do they really talk about how fat she is in this episode? Not in this episode. Okay. But sorry, let me rephrase that. It is an established fact about her character that she is fat. Or she thinks that she's yes. fat. And they 
constantly show her eating and they constantly talk about how dumb she is. And I just feel like we need to like normalize different body shapes and things like that in the media and not make a punchline out of these characters all the time. And I feel like that's what they were always doing with Lindsay and it makes me really upset. Well, I don't think they do it with her as much towards the end of these seasons. Because did they actually comment on her weight at all? No, but they don't episode? need to because, because they constantly show her eating and show her like licking the plate completely clean, which indicates to me that they're saying that she is, you know, not in control of her eating or that she's a pig or like whatever. Like I feel like that's what they're trying to tell me about this character who is a different shape to the other character. And that's like they didn't say they sh- anything explicitly, but it's very heavily implied that it's her own fault and and that it's bad. In this show, we see Gretchen eating a similar grotesque manner all the time. Yes, but she's tiny. Mm-hmm. So they they don't show her, like, shoveling pie into her face and only thinking about pie. Like, it's not. it's different. It's totally different. Because we've seen, like, Gretchen just want to lie on the couch and eat pizza all the time. Yeah, but they're not demonising her for that. Oh, and you think because of the way that Lindsay is portrayed, whereas more as Gretchen is portrayed as, quote, a hot bitch. Exactly. But Lindsay is portrayed as... As the dumb, stupid one yeah. who just eats and eats and eats. And then I remember in another episode, she was like, I want to get my jaw wired shut so that I can't eat anymore. Like, mm. it's all really unhealthy. And I feel like it's not... Because at the end of that actually episode or story arc, she got her things taken off and was told by someone else that she is beautiful and she actually likes her body shape. Yeah, I just wish that we weren't having to make a comment about her body shape. Like, I wish that we didn't have to see her dieting or eating, like, differently to the other characters or anything like that. Why can't we just have a character who is a different size and no comment is ever made about it? Mm -hmm. That's all I want because it normalizes it. I feel like at the moment we only ever get characters who are larger and they make an issue of it or they make fun of it. And that is... I definitely think that would have been the show's shortcomings to begin with over the first few seasons. I know in season five and at the end and throughout season four, she is dressing amazingly and she is, you know, an assistant to a fashion stylist and her, and she doesn't have any storylines actually centered about her weight or not feeling satisfied in her own body image. Which is great that they get there eventually. But it does but take I too can't, long. It takes way too Like the very, very first episode, she's literally referred to as the fat sister. Yeah. I remember that. And I remember looking at her and going, fuck, she's not even that big. Like, what am I meant to do? Like, what are we meant to do? What do you want from us? So, and for a show. (laughs) Like, it's so upsetting to me. Yeah, yeah. No, I do understand that. And I guess the thing that the problem is that the show faces is because you're talking about terrible people, that means you're bringing up certain ideas that you shouldn't be representing in the media just because you're still demonstrating quote unquote bad behavior. Yeah, I mean. I feel like if you could you could make fun of her for anything else or or just I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. No, I I think you've you've said what you've been trying to say. Yeah. 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 I think I just feel like it's it's really focused on I feel like they're constantly putting her in clothes that are just a little bit too small for her so that it kind of accentuates that and yeah, I'm like can we just can we just not please well i think 
maybe they started listening to that kind of criticism in the last two seasons, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and I know that this is like what I'm talking about is like literally revolutionary. Like nobody does this. It very, nobody, very few shows would reflect that kind of behavior. Very, yeah. very, very few shows are like, hey, let's just feature differently shaped people. They don't all have to be this fit skinny. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's why, you know, that that's just this is just generally a problem with the media and, you know, the world is that somehow through the media we've come to expect that everybody has to be thin. And if you are not that thin, you are therefore a failure as a human being and and that, you know, makes you feel worse about yourself, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I I think that the way to actually combat that, and yeah, people are starting to do this, is just to have all sorts of different bodies. And I'm not just talking about size. I'm also talking about race. I'm also talking about, you know, and sexuality and everything Mm. or disability, you know. Where where the fuck are they? Like, and they do a little bit on this show because they have, you know, Edgar has depression. Mm And PTSD. PTSD. And Gretchen has depression. And they do generally a pretty good job of like showing what it's like to have these problems but still be a person and still have your own storylines that are related to that but have your struggles exactly and and i think one of the things that i is probably the most frustrating about the Lindsay character is because some of these storylines have these three to four episode kind of lengths to really finish or wrap up that means that you're probably only getting a really honest and deep connection that sometimes you're used to every other episode with your close gal pal friendship relationships Mm. and other tv shows only every three or four episodes where Gretchen might be in a really dark place and Lindsay is right there by her side and knows exactly what she's going through and how to reach her hand to mm. and help her out. And so, you know, every three or four episodes, Gretchen will be like, Lindsay, I can't believe you're doing this. You don't even like Paul. I, I, I'm going to like call you a bunch of stupid names right now, but just because you're being an idiot and you don't love him and you want to sleep with other people. And then as soon as she needs her, she's like, okay, no, let's do this. Let's get it again. Yeah, and and I think that that like I do enjoy that they are very like open and honest with each other in a better way than <laughs> than we have seen Gretchen and Jimmy be open and honest with each other. They're honest, but they're never cruel. Yeah, you know, if they are mean a little bit, it's mean to get a rise out of them to have a good time, exactly. and be a better person, and go out and actually do something. Yeah, to try and lift each other up in a way. Exactly, and and they genuinely love each other and support each other. You know, I don't know. I feel like it, it's such a strong... But because that only happens about 20 to 30% of the time, that means we're getting other storylines or comments or well, you conversations can... directed towards Lindsay around other areas. You can ha- Like, a, a character can have a few different things going on. That's oh, yeah, fine, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm know. just saying we don't... They The way they speak to each other isn't often the same way that they really care about each, each other. Feel to each other. Yes, yes. And I'm totally okay with that. It's, it's, it's more of a very... And in these particular episodes especially, it's not anything that's directly stated. It's very subtle, mm. but I feel it very deeply because I've, like, I'm, I pay attention to this kind of thing. It, it upsets me a lot when we have, yeah, characters who are of a different size, but they're constantly shown eating and eating, like, disgusting foods yeah. or not having control over it or being obsessed with it or you know, all of those sorts of things. I'm like, can we can we just show that sometimes people are different sizes and it's not necessarily to do with what they eat? Or if it is, it's because or they're happy with it. Yeah. You know, I just want it to be normal. 
I'm not disagreeing with you at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 all I'm trying to say. And it, yeah. and it's a totally different it's a totally different conversation to the conversation about Gretchen and Lindsay's relationship, which I love. Mm. I really love it. I really love it when like because it, it's it's clear that Lindsay is somebody who is you know, open to influence. Yes. You know? So when she's pulled aside by that pro-lifer and Gretchen is like, I am, I know that my friend is easily influenced, so I need to go in and remind her <laughs> that she wants to do this thing because this person is going to convince her otherwise. This episode did also do one other little thing that tends to do with their guest character sometimes is when sometimes you've got a, a speaking role or whatever it might be and you're only in a scene for two minutes, mm. but you have a pivotal moment where an integral character makes a decision or does something different or is influenced. They seem somewhat two-dimensional as a character, but then they'll say one other line after it to kind of make you think a little bit more about what this character actually does think. Mm -hmm. For example, the pro-lifer was actually like, no, I was actually going to tell her to get the abortion because you know, there are extenuating circumstances and also whatever the hell she's got going on. <laughs> And, and, and like, while that line is not, um, you know, a saving grace or an explanation of everything about that character, it does remind us all that even though this is a super real exaggeration and sometimes they take things over the top where you have this stereotypical character that seemingly is just in there for a gag, they do actually have a bit more thought behind them. And it's a nice reminder, at least I find in a show that is trying to be a little bit more exaggerated, that it's like, oh yeah, people can be like this, but also remember that everyone has their own kind of different opinion and they may not be what they seem. Yeah. I like that this show does little elements of that every once in a while. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I also chose this episode because I want to make sure at least one of the random people in there are these <laughs> one of these really weird people who seem like a really lovely person and they're a dick or a really dickish person and they might be really lovely to their, you know, wife and kids at home or something else like that. I feel like this show does revel in the idea of subverting your expectations. Yes. I think that that's just generally something it, it enjoys that's kind of the whole point of having these two characters that are not into relationships and not into romance who are in a in a romantic relationship yes that is generally something that the show likes to do and i i think there is something very important being done there mm. in terms of yeah just subverting a stereotype or anything like that i just wish that they put that much care sometimes into their regular characters especially their lead characters especially their lead <laughs> characters you know Gosh, subverting expectation doesn't always mean it's a good technique yeah i just think that sometimes it can be a bit of a crutch yeah. a bit of a cheat a bit of yeah. like hey guys look at us we are showing three-dimensional characters because this one side character had another opinion that you weren't expecting them to have look at our depth <laughs> Um, and I'm like, cool, I'd like that much depth in the characters that I see every day. Thank you very much, please. Goodbye. I was also, I guess, reminded in a way how sometimes this show does actually put a little bit of thought into the two stories sometimes complementing each other um, because in the first episode you have this dynamic of Jimmy and his dad and how it's influenced his life in terms of what he wanted to do just in spite of his father, be a writer and all these sorts of things and choose something completely different as a result of him not caring about his family dynamic, whereas Lindsay is almost always acting out of fear in, the same, in a similar way, but because she wants to keep that family dynamic, not to get away from it. Mm. And ultimately she realizes that she doesn't necessarily need to create an artificial or fake family, that she's kind of got a family and just her support of her friend 
um, right there. Whereas Jimmy just doesn't know what he wants at all because he doesn't have that. He doesn't, I guess, feel like he has that support. Mm. And while he might be saying to himself that he doesn't want that support or that support has driven him to think about certain other things, I think he's just being really scared about like what family means to him and if he really wants it. I don't know. That's it's, it's, it, it, it plays a little bit more out. This is, I think, the third last episode of, of mm. the season. Yeah. Um, I kind of like what you're saying there about how generally his his fear of being with Gretchen actually has less to do with whether or not he should be with Gretchen and more to do with what does family mean to me considering my past experiences with family. I kind of like that. It, I feel like that could have been a little more textual. It kind of comes to a head at the end of this last episode of the season mm-hmm. in terms of what Jimmy's feelings are and how he actually does feel about them mm-hmm. um, and says something to Gretchen, which completely you know, turns it all around. But then he does a complete 180 again and we're like, we don't even know how the relationship is going to like backtrack in the next season and then come you know, forward another four episodes and find them back in the same place again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the eternal frustration is like you can have all the character revelations that you like. But if at the end of the day they're still hurting each other. I will say that I think that Jimmy's character does this thing where he'll look into the distance and, like, have a revelation about who he is and who he wants to be with and what it all means to him at least four times a season. (laughs) I'm so bored by that. (laughs) I think it's just this look. It reminds me, I think, of, like, Smallville and, like, Tom Welling doing that (laughs) stare for... And you imagine how awful that would have looked shooting it before the special effects were put in, like the heat stare or the heat rays or whatever it's called. Heat vision. There we go. I was going to say, you're the expert here. (laughs) On, on, you know, small, dated DC television teen dramas. Uh, But, yeah, no, it's... um, it is a frustrating element that they'll kind of want to trick you just through certain camera angles that, oh, we're going to finally have him realise something. But no, he hasn't realised it at all. Yeah. You just think he has. Yeah. And I guess that's another element of the show that I do like, which is something that you don't care as much about. But I do enjoy the cinematography of these shows in terms of how they're actually displayed. And even in that brief moment when Gretchen is like hiding behind the blanket, she looks over and then he's closer and closer. Because sometimes these episodes will take on a certain kind of genre tone to an episode. It might feel like a horror or it might feel like um, a romantic comedy, like I was talking about in the first episode of season five. Or you know, because there was a, a thriller episode where it was all through the perspective of Edgar, which I got you to watch last time round, mm. um, where it was all, you know, suspenseful and high strung. And I think it was kind of having this slightly off kilter, random indie pop, weird romantic relationship movie feel where everything's all happening over this real time, 20 minutes backseat table at the wedding kind of feel, I guess, in the second episode. Um, that I gave you. It, it was not necessarily the tone and feel of the episode in regards to that genre, but the way that it looks and the way that they shoot it, it has those kind of vibes. And I like that they don't feel, the creators of the show don't feel restricted to one type of way of shooting the show and one type of way of displaying it, that they'll actually go to certain lengths or creative choices just to visually put things in a new light. And you see other supporting characters who barely even have a single line, but you also see just one character constantly reaching out for some canapes and always being ignored and realizing after that repetition how that one little thing of how he's actually treated all the time even in just a 20 minute period can you know shape how you really feel for that character in a particular way 
And especially when he walks away after Lindsay tells him that none of this is all happening as a heartbreaking moment. Mm. But uh, I really just, I just really enjoy the cinematography on this show. And yeah, it's, it's not, it's not a huge point, but it's definitely a point that I think is worth raising. Yeah. But especially for if people enjoy that sort of thing. Yeah. If I, yeah, you are very aesthetically driven. Yes. Um, and that's, yeah, that's cool that you've, that you found something cool in there to enjoy. I generally prefer a really strong, consistent style in a show. I, I would, I take a lot of pleasure in seeing that and then seeing the occasional subtle subversion of that. Yeah. That's just me personally. That's something that I kind of enjoy in, in shows like Veronica Mars or shows like Riverdale, even where you've got a very distinct you know, visual style to the to the TV show. And the TV show actually feels like a certain genre itself. And exactly. it doesn't really stray too far from that. Yeah, or or if it does, it is maybe once or maybe twice. I think this show sort of maybe does it a little bit too frequently for my liking. It never feels um it never feels like it's Are you worried that it doesn't feel like it knows what it's doing? Yeah, I don't know if it feels consistent enough in its regular style that when those subversions come, it feels like a real subversion. It just feels like they're always playing around with different things. I think it is fairly consistent. I mean, because what I said to you before, that's, you know, like 20 to 30% of the show. Yeah, that just feels like a weird amount. amount. (laughs) It is a weird amount. To be like 30% of the show is really different to the other 70. The thing is the dialogue still feels the same most of the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just certain elements of the show are, you know, Dutch tilted. They're a little bit differently and it is a bit more visually obvious definitely in the show, but I think that's just another reason as to why the show is a little bit more super realistic. Mm. If, if it was a more seemingly dramatic realism, general type of escapism, it would be a little bit more subtle. Yeah. Whereas this way, it's obvious that it's a bit different because, like, you know, there's two to three episodes that are the same, and then there's one episode that's a bit different. Yeah. And yeah. then we'll just keep doing that. Yeah. So it still feels different, um, but it doesn't feel like a true, like, kind of major subversion. There's not a big... Tw- uh, it doesn't feel too off-kilter because you're kind of expecting that anyway because it's not shot very realistically. Yeah, I guess I just wonder, like, if they feel like they constantly have to do stunt cinematography, then, like, maybe they should just make their regular cinematography a bit more interesting. Um, uh, I get I get really bored with regular cinematography in a certain genre type of a show if it doesn't really change for that apart from one episode in a season. Okay. I get bored. Okay. I, I, I don't mind the consistency, and if they do a good job of it, good. But if they're not doing a good job of it, then they're staying that way consistently, and that really bothers me. Well, that's what I mean. They should make their regular cinematography just interesting enough so that they don't have to keep doing stunts. Yeah. Um, but, the, but the stunts that they – stunts. I say stunts. That's kind of a re- rude way of saying it. Like, it's, I do like that they tend to be not um, unwarranted. Like, they're not just stunts for the sake of it. You know, it's usually, you know, Edgar's was actually to try yeah. and explore what it's like to have PTSD. I feel like this one at the wedding felt a little less earned. Um, it didn't really seem like we needed to have a needed to have a, a real-time slice of life piece of cinema, piece of, of yeah, television yeah. No, in, in order to saying. get that across. So I'm kind of like, well, 
if this is exactly, we've had this argument so many times, are you doing it for the sake of doing it or is there a reason that you're doing it? Yeah. And that's always, it's always what I'm going to come back to. Is there a reason for the story that you need to shoot it this way in order to get the message across or are you just doing it for the sake of it? That's why I didn't really enjoy this whole like, Cater is doing coke subplot. Like, yeah, I didn't what was really the point of that? see the point of that either. I think uh, it may have been a small reflection in terms of what it seems like mistakes that Jimmy and Gretchen would have made earlier in their relationship when they were just doing drugs a bunch more of the time. Um, it could have been a harken back to that. But I don't see the relevance of that particular plot line as much. But what I do see the relevance of is, is similar to what I brought up in terms of Lindsay's husband, in terms of what you see just behind closed doors yeah. over just a 20-minute period, um, seeing the repetition or the nature of what these people are like when they're not the centre of the camera focus, mm. when you're seeing these characters just existing in the environment, yeah. how they walk, how they shift, how they move, and be like, you, how do you do that? oh, that's not what I'm talking about, or no, or you, Lindsay peeking around the corner and other things like that and not even having Jimmy in the centre of the shots a lot of the time. It's it's yeah. really fun for it to not focus on the main lead male as a part of the most amount of shots that needed. While it's generally pretty 50-50 towards Gretchen and Jimmy's plot lines, in season three it's a bit more Jimmy heavy because season two was quite Gretchen heavy, mm -hmm. leading to um, the ultimate episode where she revealed about her mental illness. Yeah. And so it's uh, it's it was really fun for me to see him take on the sidelines a lot more in this episode. Yeah. But I do enjoy seeing just how these people act when they're not in the middle of the frame all the time. Yeah, I I enjoy that. I I was fine with that. It, yeah, it was it was just the caterers that I didn't really. Oh yeah. Careful. Yeah. Fair. Um. Cool. So uh, I do have a hard out today. So we might try and get uh, we might try and wrap up our episode discussion yeah and then we can get into our last couple of little segments so i think what we have been doing is just can you summarize in one sentence what it is about this show that you love one to two one to two okay so what it is that i love about this show is that while people can constantly fail they can still get up and try again and laugh about it and while it mightn't always be the right path, at least you're going to get the support from the people who really are there for you. Okay. And, and I, I, we get that a lot of the time from Jimmy, uh, from for Jimmy with Edgar, even though he doesn't necessarily deserve it. And then we get that a lot Definitely of the time between uh, Gretchen and Lindsay constantly, and they are constantly there for each other, regardless of how each other is acting in their other relationships and will be sometimes tough love to each other for that, for the sake of lifting each other up and moving each other forward. Cool. cool. And then my response to your one to two sentence of why you like it and whether or not that works for me. I love that idea. I just don't necessarily get it that strongly out of the show because so much of it is focused on this incredibly destructive relationship that I can't get behind and don't understand why they would continue to be together. I just can't relate to it personally, mm. probably because I'm just a practically minded person who gives no shits about relationships, about romantic relationships. Jane has given me much better romantic advice than I've ever given myself. It's because I'm practically minded and I just sit there <laughs> and go like... You can do an objective evaluation of exactly, a relationship. Exactly. I can do an inherent unsullied qualitative value of anything. I just won't be a dick about it. Yeah. No, and that's the thing. I mean, like, normally we're so emotional about these sort of things, it is very difficult to make an objective evaluation of it. And I found that even with this show in itself, mm. it was very hard for me to make an objective evaluation of the show because I think that I was 
yeah, it's, it's, it's got a certain connection to me when I was trying to write certain things and yeah. I was trying to struggle with my own sense of what is good comedy, what isn't good comedy, what's comedy I like, what's comedy that Jane definitely doesn't like, as I discovered <laughs> after last episode of this show. And it's quite interesting sometimes the things that we relate to are not what we expect. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And... And we're, and we're going to talk about that for me next week when we talk about something that I just inherently love with all of my heart and struggle to be objective about. Mm. So that's, that's the point of this show. So with that in mind, how many eyes would you give this show? I'm still at one eye. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't actually remember what I gave it last time, but I'm definitely still at a one eye. I think you were on the verge of two, but you didn't give it two. I, didn't, I don't think I did give it two. I think I was kind of like, those episodes are twos, but the show is a one. And I still feel like the show is a one. I still, like, if it were on, I wouldn't turn it off. If I was really bored one day and wanted to watch a dark comedy, maybe I'd go to this. Mm. But I don't. I probably wouldn't because I just find it so inherently frustrating to watch. Gosh, yeah. I, I, I forgot how much I like dark comedy. I think I give dark comedy too much of a free pass sometimes in terms of what I really enjoy about a show because I just enjoyed the genre itself, not necessarily yeah. how the character relationships work. Yeah. I don't need the character relationships to work as well for me because I enjoy laughing it, yeah. about cruel things in life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is fair enough, um, but um, I'm always going to go for character and relationship over all other things. Yes. It's just my- Never changes. Occasionally if a show plays with genre. So, yeah. like, that's why I like Riverdale because it plays with genre. Mm. Um, mm. And, and a lot of the characters I could kind of take or leave. Yeah. But I enjoy, yeah, the, the kind of mom and pop milkshake bar happy <laughs> happiness contrasted to the dark dark you know they've been delving a lot into horror this season and that's fun i mean i just i i lost a bit of steam with it this season yeah and i understand <laughs> because it's bonkers it's just gotten so bonkers <laughs> yeah i mean i got through like half of the season and when we figured out who the bloody Gargoyle King was. Oh, you did not figure out who Gargoyle oh, King was. Again, it changes. <laughs> just keeps going. Yes. I just get sick of the twists. I love the twists. Like, anyway. Anyway. Um, Given that, um, do you want to know what's been in my eye? This I would love time? to know what's been in your eye. Well, in fact, I already told you. It's Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. I've, I've watched um, 13. Another show that is absolutely ridiculous but plays with genre and I enjoy it. Yes. And the thing is, I think because I'd seen a significant more amount of Riverdale and saw that genre and when you talked about the certain angles of this episode and I didn't pick up on it when I think I was watching it as much just because I was a bit bored with... Tinker the drama, drama. <laughs> but then I was, or it seemingly see these girls in just stupid situations and be like, "Come on, just do this. Why don't you do this? Or oh, you can't do this because you're holding a secret." Da, 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 da. But I, I just actually really felt exactly why you liked the show—the relationships between the girls and how they actually treat each other, and oh, when good. it came to a head when she was actually trying to be there for her as much as possible about her being a lesbian and be comfortable with who she wants to see and not being comfortable with that and knowing which way it was going helped. So yeah. I'm not sure how it's going to go now that I've passed that certain point because I don't know where it's going to go. But I, I think I know that uh, something really... Spencer's going to have a very interesting character line on a bit of a crazy side. 
I mean, I don't like the word crazy. Sorry. <laughs> there are going to be mental health discussions. Okay, good. Regarding good. Spencer. Yes, um, it's yes. Yes. Absolutely. But it's 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 been very interesting actually understanding the dynamic between these girls and how the emotional relationship is actually a strong element. Mm. And even with Mona, oh my gosh, Mona. Oh, Mona. <laughs> we hate her so much. Oh, Mona. I know she's come from have a long seen, place. Hang on, how much have you seen of Pretty Little Liars again? Was it just- I've seen, like, up to episode 12 or 13 of season one. Okay, cool. And there's seven seasons, Jane. I know. Did you watch all of them? I have seen all of it. There's seven seasons, Jane. I just don't know how this can go on for seven seasons. Mate, you have no idea. I mean, the same storyline has been playing out for the first ten. It hasn't changed a lot. Just hold on to your seats, boys. It's great. It's great. It's stupid and great, and and I love it. What was fun is that I was watching it with my friend Paul on the couch when we all weren't feeling too well, (laughs) Uh, and uh, because I kind of didn't want to have to deal with, like, taking an Uber or taking public transport out, so I just stayed on my friend's couch not too far away from my office in the city, and we just lied on the couch till we felt better and drank water and went to the toilet to throw up. Great. Sounds good. But without much moving, we got to just... We're like, do we want to keep watching Pretty Little Liars? Yes, you do. Apparently we did. We just did it for a whole damn day. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and we kind it of... Is, it's great lying on the couch feeling sick. And it was raining, you know. Yeah, that's perfect weather for Pretty Little and, Liars. And some of their housemates were like, yeah, I've, I've seen... I don't think I've seen all seven seasons. I think I got up to season five, but just you wait, boys. Just, just you, you wait. wait. And another person on the couch had seen all seven seasons and they were younger than I was. And I was like, <laughs> what? How have you seen this show? Yeah, it's great. It's great. Ooh. Anyway, what's been in your eye this week? Uh, this week, I finally got around to watching Paris is Burning. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Is that a result of some RuPaul's Drag Race stuff been not going around? Not at all. I've oh. not seen, I still haven't seen any RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, the finale just happened like, recently for season 11. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> uh, no, so I actually w- was listening to a podcast that I listen to now called Reply All, mm. and they had an episode about Paris is Burning um, and following up on some of those um, kind of people that were in the documentary oh, yeah. back in the 80s, uh, sorry, 1990, I think it came out. Um, and, and basically, the, actually, the podcast started off because they were tracing back the origins of the word yes. Oh, yes. Yes. And, and kind of traced it back to, you know, this scene in the 80s with, um, with drag queens and gay men and trans folk and this, you know, Paul Ball scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was sort of... That that's sort of what brought them around to talking about the documentary and that kind of thing. So I, I listened to that and that was really interesting and that kind of made me – I had obviously heard of Paris is Burning. I'd been meaning to watch it for ages, but it just kind of gave me an understanding of what it was actually going to be about is more it specifically. Still, is it still on the Australian Netflix? It is on the it yep. is on the Australian Netflix. I was surprised and delighted <laughs> to find it on Netflix. If so, it's yeah. on the Australian Netflix, odds are it's on other Netflixes? I would say so generally depends on the distribution laws anyway if you can go and watch it it's a really 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 mm. interesting watch it's also quite a quick watch it's yeah only, it's not too long it's only a little bit over an hour yeah, it's like it? an hour 20 minutes maybe yeah. yeah and it's a really interesting look at kind of the uh, it's probably not the birth of the drag queen scene i'm sure that 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 
it's it was around a lot longer than that. It was I don't in pretend. terms of the it was another boom in 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 that in the, in the scene of pop culture in, in gay culture and queer yes. culture and when it was really reinvigorated yes. before it became what it is today and how it's uh, commercialized so much today. Totally, yeah. it was really interesting watching them kind of talk about it was an underground know, thing it was underground but even just you know the the phrases that they're using mm. you know talking about throwing shade oh yeah like oh and and they talked about that in the podcast as well but i was like i did not realize how firmly that was rooted in gay culture yeah um, and all that kind of stuff it was really really interesting and and i one thing i found super fascinating is how reluctant everybody was within that scene or at least in the documentary to use a lot of labels Mm. you know and i think it's i think we've come a long way in terms of well we've come quite a distance i would say from that in terms of now most people come out and say like i am gender non-conforming or i am trans or i am a drag queen or i am a gay man you know, or I'm questioning. Whereas back then, this it all seemed to be very grey, a little bit more fluid, a little bit more fluid, and it was just like you know, I you know, yeah, I'm a man. Sometimes I like to dress as a woman, but it's just you know a thing that I like to do, and or you know, I'm a mother of this house, but I'm not, but I don't consider myself. I mean, they didn't the the phrase trans wasn't really around yeah. at the time. Yeah. But, you know, they weren't considering themselves to be trans, and it was really interesting just and to kind even of see like the people distance. who are you know turning tricks on the street i don't necessarily consider myself gay but i just you know sleep with who i sleep with and yeah it was very interesting dynamics and the support in the network is something really beautiful to see mm. the way that the culture supported each other while they had rivalries with different houses it was never at a place of malice in terms yes. of i'm going to tear you down for the sake of tearing you down i'm going to tear you down because i can show you up and look how amazing i exactly. am when i turn you down yeah but we are here for each other yeah yeah and it was also interesting because it it kind of follows you know two years of the ball scene and how yeah. it, in just two years it completely changed and and the, and the scene, a little bit depressing towards some of the ends it was scenes. i mean when they talk about oh, i think it was angie mm. angie who was killed mm. anyway also yeah quite sad in parts but just genuine genuinely a great watch um and i really really recommend it yeah no it's it's a good watch i'm, I'm glad you got around to it i actually watched that before i saw a single episode of rupaul's drag race yeah You've yeah. recommended it to me before. I'm sorry it took me so long to get there. That's all right. That's why we got the show. Sometimes it works, sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> anyway, on that note, we should probably head off. Yes. All right. Well, I'm excited to see what you'll get me to watch next week, Jane. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. In the meantime, please feel free to go back and listen to our back catalogue. There's some great stuff there. There's some more great stuff there, but just give it a go anyway. Pick a TV show you've actually heard of, you've seen before, because we spoil the heck out of every single one. Correct. That's absolutely right. Don't forget we are fully spoiled. Find us on that notcanon.com mm-hmm. that's where you'll find our back catalogue plus on other podcasting services yet to be announced and yeah we hope that we speak to you again next week yes thanks for timing in uh you can rate review subscribe do that as well that would really help us yeah that'd be a really lovely thing it's nice to see a five star well, you don't have to give us five but whatever no, you want to give us give us whatever you feel we deserve it's nice to see that people are engaging at all totally absolutely yes. thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you again soon bye <laughs> uh, do you want to just quickly sorry can you just do the gun because I made a clicky sound with my keyboard so can you just give... So I'll just give you a little bit of... <laughs> Sorry.
So I'm just going to give a little bit of a, a pod. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 